So Babylon refuses to lay aside her life, right? But my people will lay aside yes. their lives yes. before he returns. Yes, Lord. Right? Yes. Do you hear that? Yeah. And when we lay aside our life, when we when we say yes, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted, right? Our joy is made full. Do you, I just want to I just want us to see that. I don't I mean, I think we've heard some good words on mourning and on reckoning with the you know, with the the depth and the depravity of, of where we've come, even intercessory mourning, but I don't want to lose just that simplicity of when we humble ourselves, we receive grace. Um, when we lay aside our life, we're, we become Jesus' friends, and we have our joy made full. And what else? All of our prayers are answered, right? <laughs> I like the bonus. Joy comes in the morning, right? Joy comes in the morning, right? So you guys, I'm not like a... I'm not usually in a bad mood. I'm sometimes in a bad mood. I know, where's Cassie, right? But I can just say this. None of what Gaylord said about, you know, husband-wife dynamics made any sense to me. I was totally confused the whole time. What? Man, I, I was like, Gaylord, and Gaylord's been in ministry all this time, and still... <laughs> Gee, I got you. No. I didn't see that bus coming. I, I, I swear. It just came out of nowhere. It, it got... I, oh, man. I'm sorry about that. Um, I, I laid aside your life. Yeah. <laughs> Greater love has no one than this. Toss his buddy under the bus. So, um, no, I mean what Gaylord was sharing just resonates so much, doesn't it? I, I, he was talking about laying. I'm like, tell the Patty story. That's that's the thing that brings it home because all of us are like, oh. I, I I have also said no to the red suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> um, Still regretting it. <laughs> I it's like an eternal reward, but different. I know exactly. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Sharon. Sharon's like, Sharon's like, get that train back on the tracks right now, buddy. Um, yeah, we, I want to just share and conclude um, with something I think is going to be useful for us. Obviously, it's useful for us as believers, but it's going to be useful for us as I think unity catalysts, John 17 catalysts in our different cities and different areas. Um, it's not so much like how do you organize 10 days? Um, and I know, you know, I've just been talking to some people and I, I wish we could have had more of just like that kind of practical step by step, but I almost feel like it's even more important to catch it, right? And to, to experience it and then to hear these different pieces of why, right? 
because the how is going to be different in every city, in every instance. And God's going to, the main how is like, listen, right? Like, listen to him and, and then do what he tells you. That's the main how. Um, and have faith, right? Like, to have faith. So we want to, we want people to catch faith here. So they're like, oh yeah, this this can totally happen. You know, if, if Lewis can do that in Bridgeport, you know, why can't we? Why can't we do that? Um, if this can happen in Denver, why can't it happen in my city? And um, and so, anyway, I just want to, uh, what I'm about to share is almost like a how to walk into these things. And um, I want to inter- intro it by sharing a, a story. Um, this was in 2016, and the Lord had told me, 2016 is going to be like 2013. 2013 was an incredibly painful year. But he said 2016 is going to be like, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be like it, but it's going to be good. I'm like, okay, good. And, um, you know, I've been praying about Northfield for a long time and, and through a conversation with, so God all of a sudden starts to move us into Northfield and into things happening here. And I have a conversation with one of the people that's part of the ownership and um, I'm led to believe we're going to be able to do an event here in the fall. And I'm even led to believe, we'd sent him a proposal, that that we're also going to be able to start doing a house of prayer here and actually have a rental agreement to do house of prayer. And I've been praying for this for so long. I'm like on cloud nine. I'm like, wow, Lord, this is happening. Wow. I get some, you know, little little tiny bottle of champagne and bring it home. I'm like, babe, you'll never guess what. We've been praying for this for so long. It's happened. And there's this little voice in my head. And I just say to myself, you know, I think I could have suffered more. (laughs) 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 So I think I could have suffered more. And so I'm like, huh, that's interesting. But it's really like a, it's like, it's like a real cry in my heart. It's like, no, actually, I, I, and, and let me tell you, like, the years leading up to that were intense, and they were full of a lot of suffering. Um, and I'm not going to catalog it. But there was this voice in my heart, like, I think I could suffer more. Like, like you know, almost like a marathon runner being, like, you know, running 12 miles and being like, I think I still got something left in the tank, you know? Now, if I ran 12 miles, I would not be saying, I think I can suffer more. <laughs> um and so, a few weeks later, this, what I thought was something we had talked about verbally, turned out not to be. And the, the house of prayer idea was removed from the table for the time being. Oh, that hurt. I was like, Lord, ooh. And then um, we had an amazing 10 days out here and an amazing restore gathering. I could just see God was moving. But then after that, there just became more and more of this downward road, and Jamie, who was my longtime assistant, was saying, I'm going on sabbatical, I'm probably going to leave at the end of it, and I'm really sad about that, and then other folks that we've been partnering with are saying, we're leaving, and I'm, I'm just getting so sad, and I've been writing this encouragement from the event, and then I'm just getting so sad, I'm like, Lord, and what's going on? He's like, go to zero. <laughs> oh, all right, go to zero. Go to zero, go to zero. 
and I'm thinking, I wonder what that means, you know? Like I get, like you're taking everything away from me, I get that part. So I'm thinking probably like, everyone's gonna leave and I'm not gonna have any money, that's what I'm thinking. Which is like, well, that's normal, like that's fairly normal. It's not, it's not that unusual. I'm like, all right. And and um, so this just kind of is is escalating, and I'm in I'm in you know, and I'm like, oh Lord, I'm so dis-, you know I'm just getting so discouraged, and even in prayer, you know, I'm usually a laugher in prayer. Now in the presence of God comes, I'm a crier, and I'm like, what happened to me? I'm turned into one of the criers. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like, oh, I'm so grieved, and and um, and then I go to Uganda, and, and when I'm in Uganda, the Lord shows me a vision. And he's pushing this plow of suffering alone. He's pushing it like a plow, like a, a farm implement. And, and the Lord just says to me, you know, Jonathan, no one wants to help me with this. And would you come and help me? And I'm like, okay. You know, I'm scared, but I'm like, I'm not going to say no. to. I'm just like so wrapped by everything he's done for me. I can't say no. And I just run to him and don't think anything of it. I mean, I think about it, but, I, you know. So I come home and I get malaria, and I I, I legitimately almost die, and uh, legitimately, yeah. And Good Friday, no plan. Good Friday is the worst, and then on Easter Sunday they let me go home, and I think, huh, I think I might have just gone to zero. Why do you have to be so liturgic? I'm sorry. So. <laughs> But I, I just want to, you know, that that thought of I think that I think there's something of the Lord's heart in this. I think I could suffer more. I'm not I'm not glorifying suffering. I'm not like saying like we should. I I'm not someone to like. I don't like to like hurt. You know, I don't like to be in pain. I don't like to hurt myself. I don't want to make myself work harder than I have to to do something. You know, this isn't about the flesh. This is some. There's something of the spirit in this. And I just share that story because it's gonna it's gonna be illustrated in this what I want to share here. These, these biblical, there's a biblical principle involved in this idea of going to zero, isn't there? It's the same principle Galo was just talking about, laying aside your life, only to pick it up again. And it's going to be key to actually seeing John 17 unity in our cities, to actually seeing these movements thrive in our cities, because it's as we walk in this mindset that we're going to see these breakthroughs. These breakthroughs. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's why I want to share about it. So November 21st, 2009, it's the day before, um, I found out this from my Anglican friends, the day before Christ the King Sunday that year. I have three visions on the kingly identity of the believer. So vision one, um, in the vision I see myself, I'm walking in like a ball of the glory of the Lord. It's gold-hued, it's see-through, it's like a Looks like you're in American Gladiators, right? You know, with the balls. Yes. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> and as I walk, I see that my arms are not doing anything. But yet around me, everything is falling into alignment. And as I walk forward, the ground is barren and it's it's black and white. But as I come behind me, I see life coming up and I see color. And I just am focused on heaven. My eyes are just, I'm just full of the joy of heaven, the, the bliss of heaven. 
just gazing at Jesus, my countenance is just totally overwhelmed by the glory of God. I'm abiding, you could say. And so afterwards, I hear these three words, regal inactivity. You know, kings don't do a lot with their hands. They say things and it happens, right? The centurion understood that. And that's why he had the faith to say what he said to Jesus. You don't have to come here. Just say it. You know, I, that's how I am. And that's how you are. We're, we're the same kind of person. And regal inactivity. I, I think we, I like to work hard, but there's a, there's a dimension where God is saying, no, just, you, you can be regal. You know, it's part of your identity because you are in me and I'm a king. Kingly posture and ruling, not acting as a slave. And before and during and, and after this vision, I'm just getting flooded by God's love just encountering me. Like physically, I'm shaking from it throughout this vision. I want us, when we go out, to mobilize um, to just be keeping this in mind, to be walking in our kingly identity and in this posture. Because this is how we're going to see God move. It's not going to be through frantic work of our hands. It's not going to be through our anxiety. Think about, I think what Phil shared about his story of how 10 Days was uh, ten days Together was birthed in Denver is a great example of that, right? Yeah. I mean, take out the part about checking your text while you're, yeah, driving. While you're driving. You remove that yeah. from it. I think it's a great <laughs> it's a great example where God is just doing doing a thing. He's just walking into it and he's like, whoa. Okay? So that's one that's one element of the kingly identity. Second element, this one was it's gonna seem very different. In this in this part of the vision, I, I'm before the throne and Jesus is standing there in all of his beauty. And and as I see this beauty, I fall on the floor. Low, low, lower. You heard of, you've heard of the idea of groveling, right? It's like where you're like, you know, like not only bowing down, not only on the floor, but you're, you know, I was like groveling. I was like trying to like dig my way through the floor in the vision. And here's why, because the lower I went, the more the joy of the Lord was increasing, the more this delight was increasing. And I'm getting wrecked by more and more of the love of God the lower I go. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> this is the kingly identity. I just want to keep that in mind. This is, this is regal. As the lower we go, and that's what I want to say, I think I could suffer more, right? Because as we go lower, think about this for your city, you know. As you go lower in serving your city, the joy of the Lord, the delight of God is going to increase. And then all of a sudden, as I'm groveling before the Lord, getting just ruined by this love, this cry comes out of my heart, and it so surprises me. And I say, Lord, let me serve you. And, you know, in my mind, I had separated service from just like being in love with Jesus. But it was seeing him like that, it made me want to serve him. And I started to say the basest kind of service doesn't matter for the privilege of being part of your, your house. In fact, the lower the better. The lower the better. 
When we get a revelation of Jesus Christ and the fullness of His beauty, the lower, the more forgotten, the more abased, the more abused, the more overlooked, the more unimportant, the more reproached, the more despised, the more rejected, the more tortured. You know, like anything, it, it's just better. Do you understand? I, I have a bet for you. You will not stand before the throne of God and, and say to Him, oh, Lord, I wish I could have suffered less for Your name. Right? I, you're not going to be like, oh man, I wish I had... <coughs> given less for you, Lord. That, that, that's not going to happen. That's not going to be a conversation you have. You're going to be like, oh, everything I gave was so little in comparison with this moment. This is Philippians 2, right? Have this mind among yourselves that is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself. And then he, he didn't just humble himself a little. He took on flesh. And then he didn't just take on flesh. He took on he's the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of man. And he was obedient, humbling, to death. But not just any death, the lowest form of death. Do you see, do you see how this happened? And so as this vision went on, um, I see him catch me and raise me up to be with him and uh, it's like our bodies pass through each other I knew he was imparting like his nature um, this kind of equality sharing in his identity Um, once again the whole time just experiencing these waves of delight that were literally shaking my body and I I think what we need is we need a revelation of Jesus in the fullness of his beauty and as we have that, it's going to equip us to go lower, lower, lower. And as we go lower, 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 there's going to be more and more and more of his love released. Right? And, and kind of a corollary to this, and it's kind of a weird word, but a mathematical term. But, you know, the Father and the Son have forever been together, right? And Jesus has constantly had this view of the Father's glory. And as I came out of this experience, I realized this is part of what motivated him to go to the cross. Was this experience of the beauty of the Father. Beholding his glory. And he just, this cry came out of his heart, I want to give everything to you. Do you see that? So, one, we need to walk in a kingly posture as we go about mobilizing this in our city. It's not going to be the work of the flesh, right? It's going to be the work of the spirit. Two, when we go low, we go high, right? As we go low, that's really the way that we go up, right? And so we need to behold him. Beholding him is going to release grace for us to go low. And going low is going to release more of his grace. It's going to release that that John 17 reality in ours. This is all Philippians 2. This is all in John 13. Just, I just, this was, that was the thing that, bro- that broke me about it. I'm like, oh, this is just in the Bible. But it's, it, it, it was made real to me in a new way. Finally, third vision. I see Jesus as my glorious friend. And he's looking at me in the eyes. His face is radiant. He's smiling. And I fall down 
before, as, as I did before. But immediately, instead of leaving me, I'm thinking, okay, I'm back on the ground. I'm just going to go lower and lower. But instead, he raises me up to eye level. Just looks at me in the eyes. These golden blazing eyes of love. And he puts a crown on my head. And the crown was really heavy. And I'm like, you know, like, I can't really stand underneath of it. Um, And I think to myself, I should be throwing this crown at his feet. But he's like, I can tell from him, no, leave it on. (laughs) And I look down and there's this scepter in my hand. And I'm like, oh, I must be, you know, so I'm thinking. Then he has me sit down on his throne. And I'm like, it's like we're sitting together, superimposed almost. And from his perspective, I'm seeing these people worship him. They're not worshiping me, don't worry, this isn't weird. But they're worshiping him, I'm there with him. And I knew, I'm like, I'm supposed to do something regal right now. I'm just not sure what. You know, I've got this scepter, I've got this crown. Okay, what, what is this, Lord? The whole time I'm just getting wave after wave of love that's washing over me. And, and so I just raise up both hands. And when I did this, there was this enormous tsunami wall of water that came rushing through the throne room and right into me. Um, it hit me, and it was just a, the, the largest wave of love I'd, I'd felt that whole day. Um, and um, the Lord just, I heard this phrase as, as it said that, Lord over the flood from Psalm 29. The flood of his glory. And so I think that the takeaway is this. When we sit, when we walk through these different steps of our kingly identity, the step of keeping our eyes on him, you know, just I think Gaylord's message is really key to that. Like just just uh, being filled by him, abide, making his love our home. Right. And then seeing around us everything just coming into order because he's a king and now we're kings. Right. We're kings and priests. The aspect of beholding him in his beauty and because of that, going as low as possible. Right? Going low and then finally sitting with him on his throne and releasing a wave of glory. Releasing a wave of glory. I hadn't thought of this before, but it's almost like the three parts of the vision were like the three parts of Jesus' life of, you know, being, walking around the earth, um, doing his miracles, doing everything that he did, then coming to the cross, and then being seated with him, being seated in heavenly places, and releasing a wave of glory, right, Pentecost, from the heavenlies. And so I feel like God's calling us into that. I know this wasn't what I was planning to share on, um, but but I wanted to share on it, because I feel like these three things are just going to be key to us seeing God move in our cities. So I'm going to pray. Father, um, you're so beautiful, Jesus. And when we see you, we want to just go low, Lord. When we see you, we say, um, Lord, (laughs) the more forgotten, the more overlooked, Lord, it just removes pride. It just removes jealousy when we see you, Lord. In fact, it makes us long for the opposite. Could I be overlooked? Could I be not noticed? Could you send me to the hardest place? 
Lord, it wrecks us when you when we see you. And I remember, I remember uh, even you know a few years later, I'm in this low moment. I'm writing God this like letter of like. Why do you hate me so much? And <laughs> like this is so horrible. Like you brought me here, and everything is horrible. And like, and you treat Jesus this way too. And like, why does anyone do anything for you? And he's being so gentle with me. And he's like, you know, you did say yes to this. Do you want to take that back? And I'm like, oh, I remember that. No, no, I really don't. I'm just having a moment. <laughs> I'm just having a moment right now. So, Lord, we, we want to see you, and we want to enter into that. And, Lord, we want you to release through us that wave of glory, that wave of glory, Lord, that will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. Lord, would you establish up us in our identity, our kingly identity in you, so that we can see your will, your purpose, your government, where kings establish government. Would you allow us to establish your government on earth as it is in heaven? John 17, unity. Your spirit poured out. The nations hearing the gospel, Lord. Your Jewish people returning to you, Lord, and saying, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And, and that the heavens that are retaining him would send Jesus to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So, sorry, I'm a little... I think what we're going to do... Um, because I don't even know why we say we have a plan anymore. There's a fun D.L. Moody quote. He said, there's no program because if I said I had a program, I'd only have to break it. And uh, I, feel like, I feel like we moved it a little bit in that anointing. Um, and um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to have lunch. And then after lunch, we are going to, for those who don't have to leave right away. We're going to have the procession um, and just dedicate the new prayer space. And um, if you can stick around after lunch, please do just to help us clean up. Uh, but um, yeah, let's let's go and eat. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this summit. Thank you for everything that you've done. It's been full. It's been amazing. It's been life-changing. It's been transformational, Lord. And would you please bless our meal, bless our fellowship. Lord, bring us back together again soon, Lord. I just feel like I'm going to miss so many people here. But, Lord, you are using us to build a global family of affection. And so would you allow the same spirit of love that we have here to come back to our communities and then that we'd all come back together again when you when you make a way. In Jesus' name, amen.